Hi, I'm Brad. Welcome to Strange History, a podcast where we talk about, you guessed it, strange history. Today, we will be discussing the Spanish Civil War, and we'll talk a little bit about Mussolini. We are going to be introducing a new co-host, and hopefully we're going to have some fun along the way. So, let's go ahead and dive on in. Hi, I'm Alyssa. Um, Brad and I met at work and instantly became best friends, and I forced myself onto this podcast because I also love history. I actually minored in history, and then I majored in Spanish. I got my bachelor's degree in 2019, so I have a BA in Spanish. Super fun. And for my first episode, I wanted to talk about my favorite part of history, which is the Spanish Civil War. I think that it's not talked about as much as I personally think it should be, um, as it does have a little bit of sort of tie-in to World War II, which is so heavily talked about, and no one really talks about this as sort of reasons why we had the weaponry that we did in World War II, partially because of the Spanish Civil War. Well, war always brings about new technology anyway. Yeah. So, it is what it is. Episode 12, Spanish Civil War. The Spanish Civil War would bring new ideas, both good and bad, to this rather traditional country. The world did have various reactions to the war. Some countries were directly involved. Others created non-intervention agreements. And even down to individual citizens volunteered to help their preferred side. The arts and literature played a small role in the war, often on the side of the Republicans. Nationalists, led by Francisco Franco, were very traditional and conservative, and the Spanish Civil War would last three long years as the Nationalists tore through Spain. And no matter how hard Republicans fought, they simply couldn't defeat the terror of Francis Franco. In 1931, the Spanish monarchy fell, which left King Alfonso XIII to flee for exile. He was immediately replaced by the Second Spanish Republic. Alcala Zamora accepted the position of president of the Spanish Republic, and Manuel Enzaña was named the prime minister. This new government was mostly made of the middle class. New policies were threatening the old ways of Spain, and it put fear in a lot of uh, the hearts of conservatives. This new government wanted land reform, separation of church and state, and had an anti-war and anti-military policy. In 1932, there was a failed military uprising against the Republic. Two years later, miners in Asturias attempted a revolution, but it was unsuccessful. It had been squandered by the Foreign League and their military officers with help from the Moroccans. Struggling to stay in power by forming a series of weak coalition governments between 1933 and 1936, the Republican government lost power as the Popular Front came forward and won the 1936 election. A new hope was brought to liberals in Spain that February. The Popular Front promised new land reforms. This was not a celebratory occasion for the conservatives, the churchmen, and the military officers, as they feared that even more reform would follow. In the April 1936 elections, the Spanish Communist Party, or the PCE, would win 16 seats, as they had teamed up with the working class, including the Asterius Miners. I butchered that, didn't I? (laughs) 
There were rumors of a military uprising, which is exactly what would happen July 17, 1936. The Nationalists held a revolt in Spanish Morocco, led by General Francisco Franco. The rebellion began to spread to Seville, Barcelona, and Madrid, and this marked the official beginning of the Spanish Civil War. Other countries, of course, decided to either chime in or tune out completely. France sided with the League of Nations and refused to act without act without Britain. Uh, Britain, obviously, was still dealing with the sort of disasters and effects of World War I, so they really tried to stay out of it. Germany stayed out of the uprisings, but as the war progressed on, Germany sent aid to Francisco Franco, and Italy eventually also sends aid to Francisco Franco. Portugal sided with Franco, but they didn't help as much in terms of aid. On July 19th, 1936, a battle was fought in Barcelona. This fighting lasted all day as the Plaza de Catalunya was strewn with dead men and dead horses. A rebel officer, General Goulet, was captured and forced to broadcast an appeal for his men to lay down their arms. Towards the end of the day, there weren't many rebels remaining. Meanwhile, there were other battles and conflicts happening across Spain, such as 50 churches being burnt down in Madrid. The military and the rebels didn't anticipate that the Spanish civilians would be so determined to keep Francisco Franco out. They broke into army barracks, took up arms, and crushed the rebellions in Madrid and Barcelona. This was the moment that the nationalists realized that they needed help. So they reached out to Germany, Italy, and Portugal. 50 churches, that's... Yeah. That's a lot of churches to burn. <laughs> yeah. I can't, even, I can't even think of 50 churches that I know of, yeah. which is saying a lot because... This little area of West Virginia has the most churches I think I have ever seen. And I think it's interesting that churches were burned down considering Catholicism was so important to Spain for, you know, the the people trying to take control of the country who are so conservative and Catholic to burn down Catholic churches right. just to become in power is insane to think about. That would be like today. Today, like if a civil war broke out right now and all the God-fearing conservatives are just like, I'm going to burn down my place of worship just, just because. <laughs> just for the hell of it, really. One day later, Franco assumed leadership of the Nationalist forces. On July 25th, Adolf Hitler agreed to assist him, and on five days later, Mussolini sent planes to Nationalist forces in Morocco. One month later, Socialist leader Largo Caballera demanded the resignation of Republican government leader Jose Garral. One issue that the Republicans were facing was, of course, internal infighting. Communists were supporting the Republic. However, many of those on the left didn't support communism. And, of course, there were a lot of issues created there. The Soviet Union called for action to stop all of the aggression in Spain. Thus, the Non-Intervention Committee was founded that August in the year 1936. It was designed to avoid public diplomatic crises and potentially fix disputes about foreign interventions. The countries that joined were France, Britain, the Soviet Union, Italy, and Germany. Despite all of this, however, the war continued to rage on, and eventually government or Republican governments reached out to the USSR for assistance. The common term, or worldwide communist organization, encouraged the Spanish communists to support Republican forces. This aid would not arrive until October. Um, by November, anarchists joined Republican forces, and shortly after, a battle, a battle began in Madrid. 
It lasted from November 8th to November 23rd. Italian troops arrived in December to assist Franco. The Battle of Arama began in February 1937. Volunteer soldiers arrived from America to assist the Republic. They were part of the Abraham Lincoln Battalion, which was part of the Comintern. On April 26, 1937, Franco granted Germany and Italy permission to test weaponry on a small town in the Basque country, Reneca, which had been under Republican control. Incendiary bombs had been used, causing the majority of the damage done. This bombardment lasted from 4.40 p.m. to 8 p.m. More than 1,600 people lost their lives. More than 800 were injured. This attack later inspired Pablo Picasso, a known Republican supporter, to paint Greneca around one year later to commemorate the disaster. Ernest Hemingway wrote the fifth column, which reflected the paranoia felt by those in Greneca as well as the rest of Spain. In May of 1937, riots began in Barcelona. From the 6th of July to the 26th of July, the Battle of Brunette was fought in Madrid. On October 19th, nationalists had captured northern Spain. The Republican government began to retreat to Barcelona, and in December, they began their offensive and captured Truel on January 8th. However, it was recaptured by nationalists on February 22nd, 1938. Bombings would happen day and night in Barcelona all throughout mid-March. By April, the nationalists had reached the Mediterranean, and which ended up cutting Republican Spain in half. On July 24th, Republicans began their offensive by the Erbo River, thus starting the Battle of Erbo. At this point, Franco had begun to run out of supplies, so he reached out to Germany. They had conditions, though. They demanded before they would send help to the nationalists. Franco finally agreed in November to meet Germany's mining demands, as they had spent 19 million Reichmark on the Condor Legion that had been sent to help. Italy, however, did not make demands. They were quite accommodating, sending 4,000 troops in July and more than 12,000 weapons. Italy even threatened France to stay out of everything, even as Franco was approaching the French-Catalonia border. The USSR reinforced Republican forces with around 250 aircraft, but that simply was not enough. Nationalists would force the Republicans' retreat across the Erebo in November of 1938. In March 1939, held in Berlin. Franco's ambassadors had thanked Hitler for his continued support and effective help. Spain then agreed to join the anti-Comintern pact alongside Germany, Italy, and Japan. At the end of March, Spain and Germany signed the Treaty of Friendship. This included a mutual clause that promised not to give any advantage to any enemy. In total, Spain owed Germany over 200 million Reichmarks. This repayment wasn't rushed and would be settled by exports of raw materials from Spain to Germany over a number of years. April 1st, 1939 marked the end of the Spanish Civil War, and Franco's regime had already been recognized by Britain and France earlier that spring. The Condor Legion even held a final parade on May 19th in Spain for Franco and the senior Spanish and Italian officers. The communists were blamed for the Republican defeat, and others even attacked the Soviets for not fully supporting the cause. 
Now, there is not an exact number of deaths caused by the Spanish Civil War. Nationalists say it was around about a million. More recently, it's been estimated to be closer to around 500,000. But this doesn't include those who would die from things like starvation, malnutrition, or war and rage diseases. Franco went on to rule Spain under a terrorizing dictatorship for the next 36 years. Concentration camps and mass executions were used to eliminate any and all potential enemies. And in 1969, Franco would name his successor, someone who wanted Spain to remain a conservative Catholic country, which was the royal family's own Juan Carlos I. Francis Franco died on November 20th, 1975. King Juan Carlos I, ever so quietly and secretively a reformer, transitioned Spain into an era of democracy, and elections were held shortly after. And today's date is December the 12th. And for once, our event of the day actually kind of lines up with the subject matter of the episode. Now, in 1937, Benito Mussolini, the leader of Italy, withdrew Italy from the League of Nations, which, as Alyssa described earlier, (laughs) is just the OG United Nations. He gathered a crowd of more than 100,000 people in the Piazza di Vini in Rome. Mussolini explained that Italy would never forgive the League for the sanctions placed against them in the Abnesian War, for which reparations, Jesus Christ, (laughs) had never been made. for tuning into this week's episode of Strange History. Join us again next time for our special episode number 13 with the local West Virginia oddity shop to hear some weird, creepy stories. Be sure to follow Strange History on Facebook for the latest updates and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever your ears are listening. And of course, always enjoy the strange, weird things that make us, us. Us.